All right, Trevor, say good morning. Let us, let us begin. I want to begin by thanking our sponsors for today's shear. To thank our Tamatora sponsors, Yoel and Sarah Kelman, for dedicating all of the shiurim and trashos this month in honor of the birth of their daughter, Oria Tahel. We hope that in Merit Hashem, in the merit of this little girl, we hope that all the couples praying for children will soon have their tefillos answered. Amen. Bekarov. To thank Stephen Tarizin for dedicating all the shiurim and trashos this month in honor of their grandchildren, Adin Svi and Naftali Moshe, and our Tamatora sponsors, Shirley Elbaum and family, in commemoration of the yard site of Shirley's husband, Jerry Elbaum, Zichron Levracha, Yaakov Kapol Ben Rabbi Menachem. You hope that in the merit of our Tamatora, all of the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the families a Nechama. And with that, let us begin. So we have a, we have a beautiful, beautiful Gemara ahead of us today. Today's daf is Chav Zayin 27, and we are picking up on Chavav Amabez 16, 16 lines up from the bottom of the mic. So I know you probably were unable to sleep last night because we left off in the midst of a riveting machlokas, a three-way machlokas regarding duchening, regarding duchening. So remember again, we had, we had Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir said that halacha lamaisa, we duchen at every tefillah. Shachris, Musaf, Mincha, Ne'ilah. Rabbi Yehuda, who said that at Shachris and Musaf, we duchen. Mincha and Ne'ilah, we don't duchen. And then Rabbi Yossi, who said Shachris and Mincha, sorry, Shachris and Musaf, we duchen. Ne'ilah, we duchen. Mincha, we don't duchen. To which the Yimar says, Bamai, come here for the Gi, what are they arguing about? Rabbi Meir, Savra, Kol Yoma, Taima Mai, Lo Parsi, Kani, Adayu, Minchasa. So we'll say, let's analyze this. Rabbi Meir says, in general, why is it that halacha lamaisa, kohanim don't dochen at mincha? Rabbi say, just on a stam day, think about this just a moment. Even us who don't have dochening in Chutz Laaretz, we have birchas kohanim. So we recite birchas kohanim at Shachris, Mosaf. Why don't we recite birchas kohanim by mincha? I'm leaving aside fast days right now. Why don't we, why don't we generally recite birchas kohanim during fast days? Very simple. Oh, Dechol Yom Mashiach Shichrus. Because every day, now also we have to d- define this correctly, literally translated means because every day drunkenness is common. Now, that doesn't mean that Kohanim have issues. I mean, Kohanim do have issues. I, wa- I want to be clear. The Gemara says they have temper issues. They have anger issues. That's Kohanim Ragzonin Ninhu. That's, remember again, the other side, the other side of the coin of passion is kaas, is anger, right? Kohanim are filled with incredible energy and passion. If they misdirect it, it's anger. If they direct it, it's incredible passion. So in general, what the Gemara saying is like this, people drink wine, people drink wine. You are not allowed to duchen under the influence. It's mamish a DUI. It's mamish a DUI, right? So I'll say, so again, we'll discuss, we'll discuss that halacha about duchening after drinking wine in just a little bit. But the idea over here is, on a regular day, a person's drinking wine. Once a person is drinking wine, they're not permitted to duchen. Therefore, again, Tichol Yoma, Sidigmar says, I'm sorry. So, Rabbi Yehuda Shavar Shachris, and Musab Tichol Yoma Lo Shchiach Shichrus, Lo Gazibu Rabbanon. Mincho Ne'ila Tichol Yoma Shchichus Shichrus Gazibu Rabbanon. So, what's Rabbi Yehuda's sheet? is very simple. Rabbi Yehuda says, there's no concern that anyone is drinking wine during Shachris and Musaf. Right? There, there, there's no concern about that. There's no Shichrus during, during Shachris and Musaf. Um, yeah, so I have a lot to say about this, about how you see that Chazal could not fathom the idea about people going out before Musaf to drink something. It was unheard of, such a concept like this. Different, different discussion. And then to both say, the idea of the Gemara Singh over here is in the morning, in the morning, there's no issue of Shikros. 
However, again, by the time we come to Mincha Ne'ilah, Mincha Ne'ilah time, again, is afternoon, Shechiach Shechros. So, we'll say, what, Rabbi, so th- this is the position of Rabbi Yehuda. He's holding, I'm sorry, I skipped, I skipped. Rabbi Meir Sarah, Kal Yoma Taima Milo, Parsikani Adayu, Beminchas Mishum Shechros. Ha'id Malaka Shechros. So, we'll say, Rabbi Meir is saying like this, on a regular day, why don't Kohanim Duchen during Mincha time? Just on a regular day, because there's a concern of wine consumption. Rabbi Meir says, that's fine. On fast days, and for that matter, ma'amados, is there a concern of wine consumption? No. So as such, says Rabbi Meir, every day a coin should be able to dochen, every fast day, and ma'amados, which are also fast days, you could dochen all the tefillos. So this is Rabbi Meir's shita, different Rabbi Meir holds on a fast day, or on ma'amados, or Yom Kippur, of course, as well, you could dochen shachris, musaf, mincha, ni'ilah, because the only reason on a regular day, kohanim don't dochen, Mincha Ni'ila is because of a concern of shikhrus, wine consumption. That concern doesn't apply on any fast day. Therefore, Rabbi Meir holds it on a fast day, duchin all of the tfilos. Number one, Rabbi Huda Savar, Shachris Mincha Duchal Yom Alo Shiach Shikhrus Lagazu Rabbanan. Mincha Ni'ila Duchal Yom Ashikha Shikhrus Gazu Rabbanan. Rabbi Yehuda on the other hand holds like this. You have to be concerned that whatever happens on a fast day is going to what? Is going to what? Be replicated on a regular day. So, uh, so in general, we're never concerned for Shachras and Mosav because people don't drink in the morning. We're not concerned for Shachras and Mosav. Therefore, again, on any day, Shachras and Mosav, you duchen. What we're concerned about is as follows, that if we have Kohanim duchening on Mincha and Ni'ila of fast days, people, you know, we'll say, in general, you have to assume people are not sensitive to nuance. So people, most, most generally, will assume whatever is permitted one day is permitted on a different day. So once the Hamon Am, once the general population sees that the Kohanim are dochening, Mincha and Ne'ila, of a fast day, they could easily assume that what? They could do it on a different day as well. And that's going to be concerning because Halacha Lemaisa, you really can't dochen by Mincha time on a regular day out of a concern of wine consumption. Therefore, says Rabbi Hudis says the easiest way to avoid all confusion is what? We always limit dochening to what? Shachris Amosov. That's it. That's it. Just learn the Shachris Amosov. This way, there's never any confusion and there's never concern that a coin may come to go ahead and dochen after having consumed wine. That's Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yossi Sava. What's Rabbi Yossi Shita? He holds Minchad the Isei Bechal Yom Agazu Barabana. Must remember again, what Rabbi Yossi hold? Rabbi Yossi, remember, you have Rabbi Meir saying, you have Rabbi Meir saying that Allah Chalamayis, you could dochen at every tefillah. Why? Because in general, the only reason you don't dochen by mincha time on a regular day is why? Is why? Wine, wine, potential wine consumption. On fast days, that doesn't apply. Therefore, Mary says, Duchen every tefillah, shachris, musaf, mincha, ni'ila. Rabbi Yehuda, we can't do it because if we allow people to dab, karnam to duchen during mincha, ni'ila time of a fast day, they'll come to do that on a regular day as well. Therefore, Rabbi Yehuda always caps duchening at shachris and musaf. Now, Rabbi Yossi has an interesting shita. What does Rabbi Yossi hold? When do you duchen? When do you duchen? Shachris, musaf, no mincha, but ni'ila. What's the pshat there? Listen to this. Rabbi Yossi, Sarah Mincha, the Isei Bechal Yom Gazi Barabanam. So Rabbi Yossi will say like this. You're right. He agrees with Rabbi Hud in principle. You can't have Kohanim Duchen by Mincha even on a fast day because they're going to get confused. And they're going to end, people will end up thinking that you could, that you could Duchen during Mincha of a regular day as well. And that's dangerous because on a regular day there may be an issue of wine consumption. However, Ni'ila Dilesei Bechal Yom Gazi Barabanam. Both say Ni'ila is such a unique tefillah. 
because Ni'ila, at least according to the Mishnah, was only davened fast days. You know, we know Ni'ila by Yom Kippur, but Ni'ila was a tefillah by most fast days. So no one's going to confuse Ni'ila with what happens during the rest of the week. So because there's no confusion, Rabbi Yossi says, let the Kohanim duchen by Ni'ila. So both say, a really fascinating machlokas. Again, three-way machlokas. Rabbi Meir saying, duchen every tefillah, shachris, musaf, mincha, Ni'ila. Rabbi Huda, only shachris and mincha because we're concerned that people are going to get confused if they see you duchening mincha time and ni'ila time, or mincha slash ni'ila. On a fast day, they'll come to do that on a regular day, and that could be an issue of shichrus. Rabbi Yossi, duchen shachris musaf, don't have, don't duchen mincha, but you could duchen ni'ila. Shalom Rabbi Yudam Rav, haloch Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yudam Rav, that the halacha follows Rabbi Meir. Namely, again, I both say that what? We duchen at every tefillah. On a fast day, we duchen at every... By the way, it's not just a fast day. It's tanios ma'amados yom ha'kipurim. Right? We'll duchen at every single tefillah. Shachris, musaf, mincha, ne'ilah. Rabbi Yochanan, Amr, nohagua on Rabbi Meir. So I say, you have over here, Rav saying that the is like Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yochanan saying that nohagua on Rabbi Meir. The people conduct themselves like Rabbi Meir. The Rava Amar, minhag ki Rabbi Meir. And Rav said, no, the minhag is like Rabbi Meir. So the Gemara says, what, what, is, what does that mean? Aren't they all saying the same thing that the halacha follows Rabbi Meir? No, watch this. Man da amar halacha Rabbi Meir dashin alay bepirke. Shabbos, listen to this. Rav who said that the halacha follows Rabbi Meir, that literally means that halacha lemaisa, we would go ahead and teach it publicly. We would teach Rabbi Meir's shita publicly that halacha lemaisa, halacha lemaisa, we pass like Rabbi Meir, we duchen at all four tfilos. Man minog, the one who said that the minog is like Rabbi Meir, midrash lo dashinon aruye morinon. So I will say the one who says that the minog is like Rabbi Meir would say like this, we don't explicitly teach it in public lectures, but Allah Chalamaisa, if somebody asks, will instruct them to follow the position of Rabbi Meir. Uman Amar Nagu, the one who says Nagu, the minog is like Rabbi Meir, what does that mean? Aruye lo morinon, the avid avid What that means, I will say, is we don't teach it publicly. We won't even proactively instruct people to follow that position. But if someone conducts themselves like Rabbi Meir, it's fine. It's fine. So I will say, it's a very interesting. Three different approaches. So it seems to me you have three different approaches to rallying around the position of Rabbi Meir. But the shaila is how exactly we promote that shita. Do we publicly promote it? Do we privately promote it? Or do we not promote it at all? But if ex post facto people rely on it, it's totally fine. All right, so listen to this. We'll say, here we go. Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says, no. Halacha Krabiosi. Rav Nachman says, no, not true. The halacha is like Krabiosi, which Rav Osi means what? What, is, what was Krabiosi shita? Remember what was Krabiosi? Shachris, Musaf, no mincha, but ne'ila. Vahalacha Krabiosi. And the Gemara says, and indeed, the halacha follows Rabbi Yossi. Well, so that's how the Gemara concludes. The Gemara says, really? But that's not true. Because I will say, look at what we do contemporarily. What do we do today? Right? We duchen, we duchen by mincha on a fast day. I will say, again, remember, whenever we're talking about duchening, just for our purposes, just put in there what? Birchas kanim. Right? So, so again, so just put that in. We we say that on a fast day. We say that on a fast day. And it's all on a fast day. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. 
You just told me that halacha follows Rabbi Yossi, so that on a fast day you'll dochen shachris musaf and ni'ilah, but no dochening by mincha. But what about that contemporarily? We do dochen by mincha. How do you reconcile that? Listen to this. This is incredible. Listen to this, Rabbi This is really very interesting. When do people typically daven mincha on a fast day? Late in the day. Since we normally daven mincha late in the day, meaning right up to shkia, right up by shkia, on a fast day, so mincha is kind of like ni'ilah. Now, I say, look at Rashi. This is really fascinating. It's one of these interesting Rashi's also because it gives you a little bit of a, a little bit of a, of, of a window into what was done. Look at Rashi. Kevan de Mesamach Lishkiya It's about four lines up before Rashi gets wide. Kevan de Mesamach Lishkiya Sechama. Shema'arichin ad Shkiya Sechama. Muspalin kol shal. Ve'enon holchin lebeis hakneses. Listen to this. It used to be the more common practice that when would you daven mincha? When would you daven mincha? Mincha gidola. Mincha gidola. Six and a half hours into the day. That's when people are typically daven mincha. So you daven mincha, you daven mincha, mincha gidola. You daven myriv at whatever it is, sometime after shkir, after tzais. So that was the time that it was common to daven mincha time. So we'll say, let's say in a perfect day where sun rises six o'clock, sunset at six o'clock, you would typically daven mincha at twelve thirty in the afternoon. Called mincha gidola, which also makes sense, by the way, why there's a concern of shichros, why there's a concern. And we'll say shichros doesn't have to mean a person is getting drunk; it just means that a person is consuming wine. So, which makes sense. It's around lunchtime. So, listen to this. So the Gemara says, but on a fast day. People didn't daven mincha mincha gidola. Instead, more often, people would daven late in the day, right after which makes sense, because everybody would be gathered for mincha. Remember, you have kriyas Torah by mincha as well. And then you'd be able to daven mairiv not so far after that. So since on a fast day, people more commonly daven mincha late in the day, mincha was kind of treated like ni'ilah. Or, or in other words, Rabbi Yossi says, I agree that duchening during mincha on a fast day is dangerous because it can lead to confusion. And people may come to think that you could duchen during mincha on a regular day as well. But I'll tell you why there's no concern of confusion. Why not? Why not? It was davened at a dramatically different time. Mincha on a fast day was more often davened at the time of ni'ilah than at the time of a typical mincha. So because of that, people won't get confused. And I both say, so the Gemara says, so that's how the sugi ends. So the Gemara ends by saying the halacha follows Rabbi Yossi, namely Wuduchin at Shachris, at Musaf, at Musaf, and at, and at ni'ilah. Aye, but what about the fact that today we even duchen during mincha of a fast day? That's because today, during fast days, we dab a mincha later, and mincha more takes on the appearance of ni'ilah. And I will say, this is indeed codified in Shulchan Aruch. So the Shulchan Aruch writes, this is in Simon Kuf Chav Tes, Kuf Chav Tes Sif Aleph. I'll just read to you the Mechaber. Mechaber says, Ein nisias kapayim ela b'shachris, b'mosaf, u b'ni'ilah, b'yom shiish bo ni'ilah kemo b'yom kipurim. Avalo b'mincha deshchicha shichros ba'osa sha shema yehea kohen shikur. The Gemara says so again. Mamish Shulchan Aruch quotes the position of Rabbi Yosi. That's how he passed So on a general day, we'll 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 duchin shachris musaf, but and ni'ilah and ni'ilah, but not mincha. 
Why not mincha? Because we're concerned that the coin may have consumed wine. The gazu b'mincha shal tainis atu mincha shal shariyamim. And Allah alamaisa again, we won't have you duchen on a mincha of a fast day, lest you come to get confused and then duchen during mincha of a regular day. So the Gemara said, "Avab b'tainis she'in bo neila hor lutfilas mincha samachlish kiasachama." However, look what the Shulchan says. On a fast day where there is no ni'ila, which is when? Which is when? For us, every single fast day besides Yom Kippur, we will duchen during mincha, because since mincha is davened so late in the day, it's more like ni'ila, no one's going to come to confuse it with mincha of a regular day, which was typically davened much earlier. Hilchach yesh ba nesias kapayim. Therefore, again, halacha lemaisa, we dochen. And I will say, this is indeed how we paskin halacha lemaisa. We dochen by shachris, we dochen by musaf, we never dochen by mincha. We never duchen by mincha. We don't, we don't dev, duchen by mincha. Again, out of a general concern that if we duchen by mincha on a fast day, you may come to allow duchening by mincha on a regular day, which would be potentially dangerous. However, again, the one except and the ila we duchen, the one exception will be mincha of a fast day for which there is no ne'ila. We're davening mincha much later on in the day, and therefore there's no concern of confusing that mincha with mincha of a typical day. And I will say, that is indeed halacha lemaisa. Just while we're on this topic, while we're on this topic, and while, uh, while this is still very troubling to me, because uh, again, as I mentioned yesterday, after having a whole Hanukkah Baruch Hashem of duchening, Mat Mishbir Chaskanim, every single day, to come back and not have duchening, is quite, uh, quite sad. So what's the pshat? So I just want to point out, because this is very important halacha that, that people may not be aware of. Just a page earlier, in Simen Kuf Chof Ches, the end of Sif Mem Dalid, End of Sif Mem Dalid. The actual, well, it's Sif Mem Dalid. The Shulchan Aruch begins actually, I have to do this very quickly, with, with an interesting case, which is, Koin Afa Pishu Panoi No Ses Kapov. Shulchan Aruch makes a very interesting thing. The Shulchan Aruch says, even though a Koin is single, he could still dochen. He still dochen. Now, I will say, now, why would you think that a Koin who's single can't dochen? I will say, the job of the Kohanim, who go ahead and dochen, their job is to bring down the Shekhinah, to bring down the Divine Presence into this world. The Gemara says that ultimately, again, I, per, only a person who is married has the ability to experience true Simcha. So one would have thought that a coin who is single can't dochen. Kamash the Shulchan Aruch says he can dochen. Now the Ramah has a whole discussion about this. Now why is this important? The Ramah said, look, listen to the words of the Ramah. In all the other countries outside of Eretz Yisrael, we do not duchen, right? And when I say duchen, we don't have the Kohanim duchening, right? Except on Yom Tiv. Why? Because we'll say ultimately again, the requisite simcha that one needs for Birchas Kohanim is not present in Galos, except on Yom Tiv. Except on Yom Tiv. In Galos, in the diaspora, we don't have the requisite daily simcha to allow for Birchas Kohanim. Masha'en Kain, Bishar Yomim, Afilu Shabbos Hashana, Shetrudim, Beherhurim, Al Michiasam. Because they in Galos, there's often a preoccupation with what? With Parnasa. It's interesting. There's a preoccupation with earning one's livelihood. So because there's a preoccupation with earning one's livelihood, therefore there's not enough, there's not the requisite simcha. The al-bitl malachtam, ba'afilu b'yamtiv, 
And we'll say even on Yomtiv, by the way, here's what's interesting. On Yomtiv, when do we dochen? This is fact. We just said we pass like Rabbi Yossi. So when should we be dochening on Yomtiv? Think about this just a moment. When should we be dochening? Shachris and Mosaf. But we don't do that. In fact, the only time we actually dochen is when? Is by Musaf. What's the Pshat says the Ramah? Why? Because Musaf already is close enough to the end of Shul. What's good about the end of Shul? Well, of course, what's good about the end of Shul is that's the end of Shul. That, that, that's Aleph. And, and, also, and also, we go home to have our Su'uda. Since we're very close to the physical enjoyment of Yom Tov, there's a, a special elated status as a Simcha, and therefore, again, we're able to go ahead and dochen. So again, it's want to point out, this is the Ramah. This is the source. It happens to be, it's part of a very big halachic discussion as to why we don't dochen outside of Eretz Yisrael during the week and on just uh, Stama Shabbos. And in fact, again, rabbinic literature is filled with stories of communities who try to institute this practice of duchening outside, outside of Eretz Yisrael, even during the week or regular Shabbos. And again, unfortunately, good, good things did not occur as a result of the institution of those practices. In any event, the whole idea that we don't duchen outside of Eretz Yisrael is because there is the lack of the requisite simcha that is necessary to allow for birchas konim. Birchas konim could only occur in a state of simcha. That level, that level of daily simcha is not present in chutz la'aretz, which I will say is such an incredible and overwhelming idea. And especially for us, who are privileged, even though we live in Galus, we're privileged to live Baruch Hashem in such a, such a comfortable Galus, and such a good Galus. I will say, a Jew in Galus is not besimcha. Even if I think I'm besimcha, I'm not in my fully actualized state of simcha. And because of that, we cannot have birchas kohanim except in some very unique situations. Musaf an yamtiv. Right? Yom Kippur, which we'll talk about Yom Kippur as Dev Slicha Bechapara. But the Ozai, that's the So again, I urge you to look at it on your own. What we just quoted was Simen Kuf Chaf Tes Sif Aleph, and then Simen Kuf Chaf Ches in the Ramah Mem Dalit. Alright, let's go back there. Says the Gemara, so much to talk about with this, but it'll have to suffice for now. Duchuli Alma Mias, and it's also 608, and we're still on Chavah days. Good. Duchuli Alma Mias, Shikar, Asar, Asar, Benesias, Kabayim, and Hanimili. So I'll say, first of all, in general, this whole discussion is predicated on the idea that a coin who drinks wine is not permitted to Duchen. Where do you know that from? How do you know that a coin who drinks wine is not permitted to Dochen? I'm going to show and leave Mishum Bar Kafra. Lama Nismacha Parshas Koyim Mevarich LeParshas Nazir. Very simple. Rabbi Shimon Levi says, why is there a juxtaposition between Berchas Koyim and Nazir? And Nazir, Lo Mar Man Nazir Aser BeYayin to teach you just like a Nazir can't drink wine, Af Koyin Aser BeYayin. So to a coin can't drink wine as well when he goes ahead and delivers the bracha. Good. By the way, even more so, a Nazir is not just prohibited from drunkenness, right? A Nazir can't, can't go ahead and consume any amount of wine. So to a Kohen, can't consume wine and give the bracha. If that's the case, if that's the case, then why don't you say, just like a Nazir can't eat a grape seed, so to a Kohen can't eat a grape seed, and if he does, he would be precluded. 
from Duchening as well. Because the Pasek Rabbi says, L'shar so to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to bless in His name. So we make a comparison between a Kohen who Duchens and a Kohen who serves. Just like a coin who goes ahead and serves in the base, I make the is permitted to eat a grape seed. So to a coin who's delivering the bracha, also can go ahead and eat a grape seed. Top of Chavzayin. One second. So now you're comparing the coin who gives the bracha to the coin who serves in the base, Hamikdash. Well, if that's the case, then why don't you say that just as the Kohen who has a mum, who has some type of blemish, cannot go ahead and serve in the Mikdash, so to a coin with a blemish can't duchen. Now, I will say, now, interestingly enough, Gemara says, Ha iskish le nazir. No, because the Kohen who goes ahead and gives the bracha is compared to nazir. Just like a nazir could be a person with a mum, so to again a Kohen who delivers the who duchens could also have a mum. As we say, it's not the same criteria for duchening and for avoda, right? Even mumin, which would go ahead and passel a Kohen for, for avoda, wouldn't necessarily passel him for, for duchening. Now, that being said, there are certain things, those of us who are learning Mishnah Yobi, which by the way, as an aside, we're beginning a new Masechta today, Masechas Moed Katan, it's a great time to jump in, it's so fantastic, the new bookmarks are over here, and there are actually a couple of Mishnayas still left as well, it's a wonderful, wonderful limud. So we just learned in Masechas Megillah that there are certain things which would disqualify a Kohen from going ahead and Duchening, but again, for our purposes today, mum only disqualifies, for avoda doesn't disqualify by duchening. So the Gemara says, why? Because the coin who gives the bracha, ultimately, again, is compared to a nazir. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. My is demakshis lakula akish lachuma. You're constantly making these hakeshos, you're constantly making these comparisons in order to yield a lenient result. Why not go ahead and make the comparisons to yield a chumradika result? To which the Gemara says, Because these halachos are midirabanon. Right? These halachos are midirabanon. Ultimately, again, and therefore we could dash the kula. Sef Rabosai essentially halacha What we learn is the fact that a nazir can't drink wine before going ahead and duchening. Why? Because of the juxtaposition of birchas koanim to the parsha of Nazir. Just like a Nazir can't drink wine, so too, again, a coin who is going to Duchen can't drink wine as well. Good. We'll say, by the way, we know that how Allah is not just the Nazir, his coin is Duchening, by Avoda as well. Shtuye Yayin. If a coin were to drink wine and then do the Avoda, that would invalidate the Avoda as well. Good. We'll say, let's go back there. Eloin ma'amodos lefish nemar tzavis So we'll say, Remember again, our Mishnah got into a very significant discussion regarding Ma'amados. Regarding Ma'amados. So says the Gim- Am I on this? Thank you. So, so, thank you. Ah, perfect. Thank you, Mashi. So the Gimara so my so the Gimara says Ma'amados. So what are the Ma'amados? So my my Ka'amar. Here we go. Remember again, we discussed the Ma'amados. So I just want to point out the word Ma'amados. So the, in the Mishnah, the Ma'amados are referring to as follows. There are 24, just a quick review, 24 Mishmoros, which we're going to discuss today. 24 Mishmoros. Those Mishmoros are made up of who? Let's go a little, a little Chazar. Made up of who? Right? 
families, but which families? Remember again, up until, up until yesterday, when we thought about a Mishmar, we thought about Kohanic families. Yesterday, our, our understanding was dramatically enhanced, and Mishmar really includes what? Kohanim, Leviim, Yisraelim. We'll go with Rashi's Pshat. Which Yisraelim were in the Mikdash? Which Yisraelim in the Mikdash? Those who lived in Yerushalayim. Everyone else, all the rest of the Israelim gathered in local cities. We actually discussed that there were predefined gathering points. We'll get to that today. So the Ma'amodos that we're referring to over here really refer to those gatherings of Yisraelim. So the Gemara says, Matam tiknu Ma'amodos. Why did Chazal, or again, Shmuel and David, we'll see it's even earlier, Moshe Rabbeinu did it as well. Why were the Ma'amodos instituted? Because I will say, the Pasuk says, command Klal Yisrael. The carbon tamid, the carbon tamid is a carbon tzibur. It belongs to all of Klal Yisrael. But how could it be that a person's carbon is going to be offered and he's not present? You have to be present when your carbon is offered. Then I will say, whether or not you actually have to be present when your carbon is offered is actually an interesting discussion. But the Gemara is saying is like this, that if a carbon is offered on behalf of Klal Yisrael, Klal Yisrael should be there. Aye, but how could Klal Yisrael be present? So what happened? So the early prophets, which we're defining as, right now, Shmuel and David, remember again, that's how Rashi defined it, Shmuel and David instituted 24 Mishmoros. And every Mishmar, every Mishmar, I will say, was made up of families of Kohanim, Levim, and Yisraelim. In Yerushalayim. In Yerushalayim. Higiyaz man Mishmar la'alos. When it was time for a particular Mishmar to ascend to Yerushalayim. Kohanim u'levim olin li-Yerushalayim. So, say, so what happened? Kohanim and Levim went up to Yerushalayim. Now, again, I, will say, well, I want to point out something very interesting over here. If you notice, by the way, according to this Brisa, the Brisa doesn't mention who? Doesn't mention who? Yisraelim. Which is interesting, which is why many argue on Rashi. Rashi understood that the, there were Yisraelim who were present in the Mishmar, in, in the Beis HaMikdash. So many argue on that. And Rashi says, who was it? Those who lived in Yerushalayim. Others say no. It was really just Kohanim and Levim who had to be present in the Mikdash. The Yisraelim who were part of the Mishmar had no real obligation to ascend to ascend to Yerushalayim. In any event, let's just also want to point out something very interesting. You know, it's fascinating to see, just something to think about. The Mishnah Perki Abba says that Asar and Nisim, there were 10 miracles that were performed for our ancestors in the Beis HaMikdosh. And one of them said, one of them said, one of the, one of the miracles was, V'lo Amar Adam Tsarli Hamakum Sha'alim Yerushalayim. No one ever said there wasn't enough room in Yerushalayim. There, was, there wasn't enough room. It is interesting to see over here that we don't ask all the Yisraelim to come up, right? So at first glance, you would think, well, maybe it's a room issue, right? Maybe it's a space issue. But I, there's no space issue because one of the miracles, so I'll say, it's, it's not a din of a space issue. It's a, it's a din of a, you know, life disruption issue. That ultimately, again, you know, by Aliyah Laragal, there's an obligation to go ahead and come up to Yerushalayim. So when HaKadosh Baruch Hu commands you to do something, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to allow you to fulfill His will. There's never, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells you to do something, I can do it. I can do it. I, all of Kalal Yisrael gets into Yerushalayim, don't worry about it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will make it happen. By, by the Mishmoros, by the Mishmoros, if there was a way of accomplishing the task, 
without a major disruption to life, then ultimately, again, Chazal have an obligation to institute their halachas in the most non-disruptive fashion. So if you could accomplish the Yisrael's participation in the Karbanos without disrupting everyday life in a more dramatic fashion, it's incumbent upon us to do that. Listen to this. Tan Rabbanon, Esrim Ba'arba Mishmoros Be'eretz Yisrael. Now the wording over here is very interesting. There were 24 Mishmoros in Eretz Yisrael, okay, and 12 in Yericho. So the Gemara says, That's the case of Moshe. It sounds like you don't have 24 Mishmoros. Rather, how many do you have? How many do you have? 36. No, no, no. What it means is, Rabbi there were 24 Mishmoros, 24 Mishmoros, 12 of them were stationed in Yericho. So Rabbi what it sounds like is like this. The price is on the idea that the, the Israelim did not ascend. Or even according to Rashi, only the Israelim who lived in Yerushalayim were in Yerushalayim. Everyone else, everyone else didn't go up. What ends up happening, the Gemara says, is the Israelim gathered in other cities. They gathered in cities throughout Eretz Yisrael. It happens to be 12 of the predetermined gathering points were in Yericho. We're in Yericho. I will see last, by the way, why Yericho? Why Yericho? You remember again from Yuma, what happened in Yericho? Remember in Yericho? So both said they were able to smell the Ketores in Yericho, right? The, remember the sheep of Yericho, the sheep of Yericho used to sneeze because of the Ketores. There is this very strong connection between Yericho and, and the Beis HaMikdash. So if you're able to smell the Ketores in Yericho, it makes sense that the Israelim who were gathering again for their Ma'amados, who were gathering for the Ma'amados, ultimately would gather in a place, didn't have to be Yerushalayim, but in a place that was connected to Yerushalayim, which is really beautiful. Okay, in any event, Higiyazman HaMishmar Lavos, when it was time for the Mishra to ascend to Yerushalayim, Chatsi HaMishmar Haya Ola Me'eret Yisrael Yerushalayim, V'chatsi HaMishmar Haya Ola Me'ericho, so we'll say once again, the Bryce seems to indicate over here that some of the Israelim would go, in fact, to Yerushalayim, and others would gather in Yericho. Now, why would they gather in Yericho? So this is interesting. In addition to performing the whole Ma'amad ceremony, they would also be responsible for providing provisions for the Ma'amad or for the Mishmar in Yerushalayim. So we'll say, remember again, Whenever the Mishmar comes upon Yerushalayim, again, that's a lot of people to support, right? That's a whole new group of people that are now gathering in Yerushalayim. Who's providing for that group? See, interestingly enough, it appears from this price that the obligation to provide provisions for the Mishmar in Yerushalayim fell upon the Yisraelim, in this case, who were gathered in Yericho. It's really quite fascinating. Amrav Yehuda, Amr Shmuel, Kohanim Levim Yisraelim Ma'akvin Karban. So Rabbi Yehuda says, I will say that, by the way, you have to have a Mishmar present. And that Mishmar must be made up of Kohanim, Leviim, and Yisraelim. And if you don't have them present at the time that the Karban is being offered, the Karban is invalidated. Others say, in an alternate version, Shimon Al-Azhar says, Kohanim, Leviim, and instruments are necessary for the validity of the carbon. If you don't have instruments, your carbon is not valid. So the Gemara says, what are they arguing about? Listen to this. Mar savar ikar shira bepeh, umar savar ikar shira bekli. They both say fundamental, fascinating, riveting machlokas about everyone agrees, and this is so important, everyone agrees 
that what must accompany, what must accompany a carbon? What must accompany a carbon? Shira. You must have music. Which I will say is so interesting. Shira was an, right, music was an indispensable part, an indispensable part ultimately of temple service. The Shaila was, do we say Iker Shira Bepeh? That all you really needed was the Levium to sing, but you don't need instruments? Or did you need instruments as well? So that is a fundamental machlokis. They both say the Rambam Paskins, Iker Shira Bepeh, that Allah must sing the Shira. And the ideal is to have instruments, but even if they didn't have instruments, they ultimately fulfill the dictum of Shira, the obligation of Shira. Amr of Chalabar Gurya Amr Ab. say first wide line. Moshe Tikinem the Yisrael Shmona Mishmoros. So both say, watch this. Actually, the Gemara says, you thought, up until now, according to the Mishnah, we thought the Nevi'im Rishonim, the early prophets who instituted the Mishmaros were who? According to Rashi, who were they? Shmuel and David. In fact, it actually goes back to the times of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu instituted eight Mishmaros. How eight? Arba'a me'elazar v'dalad mi'itamar. Four from Elazar, four from Itamar, which remember again were the two remaining sons, Nadav and Aviyu, died, right? Who died in the, in the Midbar. So Moshe Rabbeinu made eight Mishmaros, four from Elazar, four from Itamar. Shmuel then further split them into 16 Mishmoros. David then made them into 24 Mishmoros. Good. So according to this model, Moshe started with eight. Shmuel made them into 16. David made them into 24. Beautiful. Moshe originally made eight Mishmoros. Here in the second verse, it makes it sound like who made it into 24? It was David and Shmuel together. So which one is it? Shmuel saying the first Brisa, Moshe made eight, Shmuel made 16, David made 24. In Brisa number two, Moshe made eight, and David and Shmuel together made 24. To which the Gemara says, No, 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 how you The second Brisa is just shorthand, right? And sure, what it means to say is through David and Shmuel's, or Shmuel and David's collaborative efforts, it turned into 24 Mishmoros. But it's saying the same thing as the first Brisa. Moshe made eight, Shmuel made sixteen, David made them into twenty-four. Tiny Yidach another Brisa. Moshe taken them Israel sheish esrei mishmoros. We'll say an interesting another Brisa. Moshe made sixteen mishmoros. Shmona me Elazar u'shmona me Itamar. Eighteen from Elazar. Sorry, eight from Elazar, eight from Itamar. Ukisherabu bnei Elazar bnei Itamar. And when the offspring of Elazar became more numerous than Itamar, chalkum vehemidom al esrim vaarba. They then became twenty-four mishmoros. Shnei Amar. You might have thought the same way that the sons of Elazar exponentially increased, so too the sons of Itamar did so as well. Shmoda Meikara Arba. 
base of Echad Achuz Le'elazar Va'achuz Achuz Le'itamar. Ultimately, the Mosei tells us that as much as Elazar increased, Itamar did not increase at the same level. Tiyufta Drav Chama Barguria. So ultimately, again, this would seem to refute to Rav Chama Barguria. Amr Chama Barguria, Tanoihi, it's a Machlokis Tanoim, Va'ana Da'amri Kiyai Tana Da'amr Shmona. And I hold, like the opinion that says that they originally ate Mishmoros. Good. So, so again, what we have over here is just the what we settle on is as follows. Here's what we learned is that the Mishmoros, Krishna, the Mishmoros was an evolution. Moshe Rabbeinu starts, Shmuel continues, David finishes it off. A little bit of a machlokis as to what numbers you associate, again, with Moshe Rabbeinu, with Shmuel and with David, but that's the evolution of the Mishmoros. Beautiful. This is a... It's a dramatic Gemara. It's an absolute, it's a traumatic and a dramatic Gemara. Ten Rabbanon, Arba'a Mishmaros Alu Menagola. I will say, when Ezra brought the Jewish people back from Bavel to rebuild the second base Hamikdash, the overwhelming majority of the Jewish population did not come up. Did not come up. And I will say, out of 24 Mishmaros, now here, we're really referring to Mishmaros ultimately again of Kohanim. Right? Levium virtually did not ascend. They virtually didn't, they practically did not ascend. Out of the, out of the 24 Mishmoros of Kohanim, only four came back to Eretz Yisrael. Did you hear that? Only four. Look at Rashi. Absolutely overwhelmingly incredible. So ultimately, Ezra comes back out of 24 Mishmoros that, that of Kohanim, only four came back. Who were the four that came back? So we'll say, isn't it incredible? That it was, this goes back to what we said yesterday, that there are so many pieces of information that have been forgotten over the years. What we remember is who gave. <laughs> we remember who gave. And we remember who stood up and was counted when it was necessary. When it was time to go back and build the base Hamikdash, we remember who came back and we remember who stayed behind. Who came back? Yedaya, Charim, Pashkar, and Amar. So we'll say, these, these, are the, these are the four families. These are the four Mishmoros who came back. Everyone else stayed behind. So we'll say, when we saw the four Mishmoros who came, who came back, the Nevi'im stood up and what happened? Amadeis, Vichilkum, Vemidum, Al Esrim, Va'arba. So we'll say, listen to this. So now, we'll say, we have to have 24 Mishmoros, right? That was the institution of David Amela. You have to have 24 Mishmoros, 24 groups of Kohanim. But now you only have four families ascending. So what did they do? They made four into 24. They took each family we're going to see and divided each family into six parts. The Chilkum Vamidum Al Esrim Va'arba. I will say, by the way, if you're one of those four families, you know what you say? You know what you say when that happened? Right? Shachiyonu. Because understand for Akahanim, that also represented a significant windfall. Right? Because now think about this in just a moment. Right? Four families became 24. When, you're, when, when, you're, when it's your Mishmar, I'll remember again, what do you get? You get hides. You get maknos kahuna. Remember again, Kohanim are supported by the gifts that they receive in the Beis Hamikdash. If now four families become 24, 
Baruch Hashem, that's a significant financial windfall as well. So they made four families into 24. Now, interesting of Balalum, Benastum, Bekalfi. So I said, what did they do? Look at Rashi for just a moment. Balalum, Benastum, Bekalfi. Rashi says, Kasul, Kal, Chabdal, Chatichos, Klaf, Rashi, Mishmaros, Shechil, Komeos, and Das. So here's what they did. They went ahead and they wrote on 24 pieces of paper, the names, the names, right, of, of now all the 24 newly divided families. So what happened? Ba'i Yedaya, so Yedaya came first. Benatla chelko v'chilek chaveirov. And I will say, Shesh, right? He took, he drew, he, he, he drew his name, right? Yedaya came, and he drew six more, six more lots, or really five more lots, or six lots altogether of his family. So I will say, the Gemara is just pointing out over here that there was an incredible miracle. Look at Rashi. Ba Yedaya, Mishmar shal Yedaya, ba echad mehen, v'natla chelko v'chilek hechatichos klav, so Yedayah came. Remember again, Yedayah was the first Mishmar. So remember, they took the family of Yedayah and they divided Yedayah now into six families. So there was Yedayah Aleph, Yedayah Beis, Gimel, so on and so forth. Gimel, Dalet, Hevav. Yedayah came, he drew his lot and miraculously what happened? He drew the other five lots of his family. Now, again, remember, all the lots are mixed together. But miraculously, Yedaya drew his lot and the five others of his family. Now, the reason why the lots are important is because we have to decide who's week one, who's week two, who's week three, who's week four, who's week five, who's week six. So he came and he drew all of those lots. So Yedaya, which was one Mishmar, has now become six. Similarly, again, Bahiram Kharim, Vinatal Chalko, Bechelek Chaver of Sheish, Vechim Pashkar, Vechim Emar. So I will say, this was the new 24 Mishmar of supplies. So I will say, isn't this incredible? And we know their names. We know their names. Yedaya, Kharim, Pashkar, Vechemar. Because I will say, when you are called upon to take action for your people and you do so, you are remembered forever. There may be many details which become fuzzy over the generations, but when you stand up and you are ready to be counted and you are ready to answer the call because your community, because your people, because your base Hamikdash needs you, you are remembered forever. I will say, and it's such an incredible yisod because so often the call is put out for people to help and we often assume that others will fill that role. Others will fill that role. Absolutely. Baruch Hashem. There's no shortage of great people who are willing to roll up their sleeves and do something. But the shayla is, do you want your mishpacha to be remembered for eternity as those who are willing to answer the call when they were called upon? Because those names are recorded for We'll say, we don't know what happened to the Yedayi, to the Kharm, to the Pashkar, to the Amar family. But at the end of the day, Jews for all eternity will always remember their names. Such an incredible Yisod. So the Gemara goes right there. So I'll say, so now we have 24 new Mishmoros. 24 new Mishmoros made out of four families. It's really Yehoyariv. Rosh Mishmaros, I will say, now remember again, before the base of English was destroyed and we went into Galos, Yehoyarev, that's the name that it's changed to over here in Agos, it's Yunim. It is, uh, yeah, Yehoyarev. Yehoyarev was the name of the first Mishmar. He was the, he was the Afa Mishmaros. What happens if now Yehoyarev has a change of heart and he decides to leave Bavel and come back to Eretz Yisrael and now he wants back in 
to the mishmoros. Vechin hisn levim shemineim shafilu yoyarev rosh mishmoros ola lo yidcha yedaya mimkomo el yedaya iker v'yoyarev tafelo. They will say even if yoyarev decides to come back, will we give him a spot on the mishmoros? Sure, sure. Will he assume his role as the head of the mishmoros? Absolutely not. Instead, what we'll do is, instead what we'll do is, we'll, say, we'll take one shift away from, from Yehoyada, right? Um, from Yedaya, sorry. Right, from Yedaya. We'll take one shift away from Yedaya. Look at Rashi's mom. Lo yitchi Yedaya, filo mitchilo, ali yoyor, elokom shos, and asim Yedaya. Kom savod yoyor, yoyor, ba, vorachareim, mimkom, mishmar echad. So v'shishav Yedaya, so what we do is, if Yoyorev comes back, let's say Yoyorev comes back, We'll take away one shift from Yedaya, right? We'll, we'll make Yedaya into five. We'll give one shift to Yehoyariv, and he will become a chilek of Yedaya. So that, that's what we'll do. We'll fit him in. But you will say, such an incredible yisod. When you are called upon, when, right, when you are offered an opportunity to do something great, if you take it, fantastic. If you don't take it, more often than not, it's not going to be waiting for you when you decide to get around to it. I will say it's such an incredible you sowed. There are incredible opportunities to do beautiful things each and every day. Sometimes you just say, too busy. It's important. I'll get around to it. And when I get I know. I'm it. It's important enough. I just can't do it right now. I'll get to it. And when you finally get to it, more often than not, the opportunity is not there. Can you be finagled in? Can you do something? Sure. Yo, Yarev decides to come back. Will we find him a place in the Mishmaros? Will we find him a place? Of course. Of course we'll find him a place. We'll fit him into Yedaya. But are you going to get back your elevated status of being the Rosh HaMishmaros? No. Do you know why? Because when opportunity knocked, you didn't answer the door. And when you don't answer the door, opportunity simply goes elsewhere. Can you recapture it in some small way? Some small way, yes. But in a dramatic way, absolutely not. Such an incredible yisod. So remember again, we're jumping back now to the Israelis. So the Israelis are gathered. Now we know a bit more. Where are they gathered, by the way? Where are they gathered? Where, where are they gathered? Twelve of them are gathered where? In Yericho. We just read this. In Yericho. Right? Twelve of them are gathered in Yericho. Right? According to Rashi, some chilek of them are in Yerushalayim, and others seem to be gathered in other places of Eretz Yisrael. So remember again, what are they doing? What are they doing when they're gathered? So one of the major things they're doing is they're reading my Sebereshis. Right? They're reading the story of creation. Why? Because they will say, were it not for the Ma'amados, the earth would not exist. Now, I will say, now what does that mean? Says, by the of Sarim, he says, How do I know that my children will really merit Eretz Yisrael? How do, how do I know? How do I know they're going to be deserving of it? Right now you love me. Right? But I'm only one guy. But one day I'm going to be a nation. And maybe my children will misbehave. How do I know? that you won't do to them like you did to the generation of the flood or the generation of the dispersion. Who says, no, I promise you, I promise you, I won't destroy them like I destroyed the generation of the flood or the Dora Flago. Thank you for the promise. But tell me, through what zechos will I inherit Eretz Yisrael? What zechos will I inherit Eretz Yisrael? 
Sorry. So he says to Aram Avinu, So this is the Brisbane Absarim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells him, bring me a calf, bring me a goat. And remember again, what does Aram Avinu do? He splits them in half, puts one on each side of the path, and the Shechina literally barrels down the middle of there, right? The fiery ball, the Shechina barrels down the middle. So I will say, So HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling him in the Schus of the Karbanos. That's what Kashmaraka was alluding to. In the schos of the Karbanos, ultimately, again, your children will inherit Eretz Yisrael. Which I will say, if you think about it, by the way, so what, what, what does this mean? What is, what is the schos of the Karbanos? So I will say, the whole Yisrael of a Karban is, is a twofold aspect. Number one, Karban is from Lashon Karov, right, to come close. So the reason I offer up an animal is not because Kashmaraka needs my animal, but it's my way of, of, of creating a closeness to Kashmaraka, giving something of mine, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So number one, the schus of the Karbanos is the, is the process of constantly trying to come closer to the Ribbono Shal Olam. They will say, the life of a Jew is constant carbon, constant kravos, constant karov. Every single day, I'm just trying to come closer. What can I do to come closer to the Ribbono Shal Olam? What can I do? What can I take on? What can I change? What can I stop doing? What can I start doing? What can I do better? That's my job, right? Kirvas Elohim Tovli. What I want more than anything is the closest. And what merit are my children going to constantly hold on to Eretz Yisrael? And Eretz Yisrael doesn't just mean a geographic location. It still represents, again, a connection. In what zuchus will my children hold on to a connection to you? Kaddish Baruch Hu says, Karbanos. Karbanos are the key. Why Karbanos? Number one, Karban represents a constant desire to come closer and closer. And number two, what else does a Karban represent? Sacrifice. See, I both say in our lexicon, sacrifice is a bad word. I don't want to sacrifice anything. Right? I want to have my cake and eat it too. My job is to make things as easy as possible and not have to sacrifice. Sacrifice is part of spiritual growth. We'll say, and life is filled with sacrifices. You choose to eat a bowl of cereal for breakfast, you've given up the omelet, right? Every, every, everything is, I mean, I guess not, you can have both, right? But, but, but Lamaisa, life is filled with sacrifices. When you choose A, you sacrifice B. And we'll say, and life is all about making the right sacrifices in order to be able to achieve a closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So there's a constant pining, and what can I do to come closer? There's a willingness to sacrifice the things that are holding me back from that closeness. It is that zechus, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Avram Avinu, as embodied in the Karbanos, that gives us Eretz Yisrael, that gives us Torah, that gives us a connection. That's fine when the Beis HaMikdash is standing, because then there are Karbanos. I will say, what happens when the Beis HaMikdash is not standing? Right, what happens during that time when there is no base Hamikdash and there aren't Karbanos? Amr Lo, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, don't worry, Kivar Tekanti Lahem, save their Karbanos. Even when the base Hamikdash is not standing, it's okay. I have established for them, save their Karbanos. The Bible says, save their Karbanos means literally the reading of Karbanos. Bizman Shikorin Bahen. When we read Karbanos, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, when they read them before me, we'll say, when you read Karbanos, it is as if we have offered the Karbanos, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, 
and ultimately, again, I forgive them for all of their sins. I will say, do you understand what the Gemara just said? So Avram Avinu says, great, the schus of Karbanos is what gives us Eretz Yisrael. What happens when there is no Beis Hamidosh? When there is no Beis Hamidosh, I will say, I don't have a Beis Hamidosh, but you know what I do have? You know what I do have? I have a sitter. I have a sitter. And I will say, in that sitter is a section of Karbanos. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, when I read, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says it, when I say Karbanos, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I will treat it as if you have actually offered up all of the Karbanos, and I will forgive you for all of your Averos. I will forgive you for all of your Averos. I will say, we have to say Karbanos. We have to say Karbanos. Now I'm going to be very, I'm going to be very honest. Is most probably not going to take place in the context of chakras during the week. But say it before davening, say it after davening, say part of it during the day. I will say, a person, a, a yid has to say, Parshas Akior, Parshas Hatomid, Parshas Hakitores, Ezehu Makoman. You have to say it every single, you, you have to. You have to. How can a yid not say Karbanos after we just read this Gemara? And by the way, to a certain degree, and it's going to sound totally counterintuitive, it's even a greater opportunity when there is no Beis HaMikdash. Why? Because when there's a Beis HaMikdash, you can't, or you can't just roll, roll in and offer whatever Karbanos you want to offer up. You can only offer up whatever Karbanos you're going to be obligated to offer up. I will say, you know, when you say Ezehu Mekoman, when you say Ezehu Mekoman, it's every single Karban. Every single day, I could offer up every single karban. Every single day, I could offer up a karban pesach. Every single day, I could offer up a bakar. Every single day, I could offer up a shlamim. Every single day, I could offer up a chatos. Right? You say parsha of kitores, only the coin gogol could offer up the kitores. But no, when I say kitores, I could offer up a zobosai. This is what the Gemara is telling us. I've given you a weapon. You know, all too often, karbanos are neglected. We just simply go from brachos to Rabbi Yishmael, which again, in the context of sometimes like week, like weekday morning davening, we have to do that in order to be able to move. Unfortunately, it's b'zeyana sapecha tocha lechem. But there's six minutes that you can find during some other part of the day. Wake up a little earlier, go ahead, stay a little bit later after davening if you can, or just some other time during the day to be able to say the parshas of Karbanos. Parshas Akir, parshas Hatamid, parshas Hakitores, and Ezehu Mekoman Rabosai. It is an indispensable part of the day because who doesn't need this bracha? Kaddish Baruch Hu says, say the karbanos, say the karbanos, and I will forgive you for every single avera. <laughs> it's incredible. Tan Rabbanon, anshei mishmari mispalden al karbanon acheihem, sheis kabo beratzen. So we'll say the people of the mishmar would daven for the karbanon of their brethren, that it should be received beratzen. The anshei ma'amod miskansen lebeis hakneses, so let's listen to this. So interestingly enough, the, the Gemara over here is making a distinction between Anshe Mishmar and Anshe Ma'amad. Anshe Mishmar sounds like the people who are gathered in the Beis HaMikdash. Their job was to go ahead and Davin, and Davin ultimately again that the Karbanos should be accepted. The Anshe Ma'amad, they would gather in the local shuls and they would also daven, they would also daven, and they would fast four fast days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Remember again, we spoke about they didn't fast on Friday, they didn't fast on Sunday, so they didn't fast on Shabbos. So we'll say, you know, we'll have to stop over here. We'll pick up with what, and I will say this incredible Gemara tomorrow, we're going to discuss what they davened for on each respective day. So we'll stop here. We're going to start, oh, I'll see what time we'll start. So we'll stay tuned on the WhatsApp. We'll say, everyone. Shkaya, shkaya.